His last employee, who drank even more than he did, had fallen off the dock and broke his leg. Travis needed a job, so he accepted the offer. One bright morning, slightly hungover, Travis found himself headed toward the Tortugas on a 41 Morgan. The wind in the rigging sang to him like the sirens to Ulysses. As he watched the sleek bow knifing through the warm, clear water and tasted the salt in the air, he knew he would never be the same. Time passed, and he learned to sail. As with any good sailor, he learned the tides, the channels, the reefs. He also learned to pay attention to that capricious lady, Mother Nature. It wasn't long before he realized that the same ocean he found so peaceful and serene could, within a very short time, become an awesome creature, terrifying and merciless. Even so, he loved it. Or perhaps because of this, he loved it. It was that same feeling of challenge and risk that flying gave him. He worked with his friend for about three years, sailing during the day, chasing the ladies of Key West in the evenings. Life was easy, and certainly entertaining, but he still dreamt of having his own flying service. Finally, he managed a part-time position with a small charter service on the island. It was also about the same time that he met a fellow pilot named Cody, and his life became ultimately more interesting. As the runway suddenly loomed ahead, Travis got down to the business of landing the plane. Backing the throttles off, adjusting the props, dropping twenty degrees of flaps, he set up a perfect final and settled the 310 gently onto the strip. He taxied over to the ramp, killed the engines, and got out. Then he helped his passengers out of the aircraft. His clients were both engineers from Miami working on a project in Key West. They needed two hours in Marathon to meet with an attorney. From there, they were to go on to Key West and then back to Miami by the end of the day. It was a lot of bouncing around, but they were paying for it and paying well. Travis figured he would touch base with his secretary in the cubicle he called an office and then have a little lunch. By that time, the engineers would be back and it would be off to Key West. Travis was putting the chocks under the wheels of his plane when he felt a strange sense of uneasiness come over him. He stood up for a second and looked around. The feeling rushed over him like that first gust of cool air that heralds an oncoming storm. It passed, but it left something in his gut, something that said, Bad things are coming. Most people would have just shrugged it off and gone on about their business, but Travis and the feeling were old friends. He didn't understand, but he knew it was the reason he was alive today. He had experienced the sensation a number of times in Vietnam. The first time he hadn't paid much attention to it. That was the day he'd gotten shot down behind enemy lines and came as close to being killed as he had during the entire tour. He learned to listen to rely on it. And the feeling had saved his life and the lives of his crew a number of times. Now, after all this time, 
standing on an airstrip in an innocuous little town in the Keys. Here it was again, and it was bad. He looked around again, unable to find anything out of the ordinary. Finally, with one more glance at the plane, he walked through the gate and into the building where his mini-office was. As he entered the office, his part-time girlfriend, full-time secretary, looked up and smiled. Hi, Flyboy. How's it going? Travis attempted a smile, still occupied with his ominous vibration. Okay. I'm okay, but it looks like it's going to be a long day. I don't expect to be back from Miami until about eight tonight. Linda studied him for a moment. The soft lines etched into his rugged but handsome face, the touch of agitation.